You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network as we once again continue on our coverage of Niptuck, and we're well and truly deep into season five of the show. We're up to episode nine, the episode called Rachel Ben Natan. First aired on the 15th of January 2008, officially into the year 2008. Uh, we were written by, well, this episode was written by Hank Chilton, directed by, no, sorry, Jennifer Salt. I've looked ahead of the wrong one there. And directed by our friend who seems to direct everything nowadays, Charles Hayde. And, uh, yeah, an interesting one here to talk about with, uh, plenty of stuff happening and going on. My name is Ben, and my mother's still mourning the fact that I don't look like Natalie Portman anymore. <laughs> and, uh, my name's Nick, and, uh, you know what they say about holding a grudge? It's like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's exactly what they say. Um, yeah, this is a, this is an interesting episode. We get more of our beloved Rachel Ben Natan, uh, which I guess we couldn't really call this Dawn Budge 3 because to me it's another Dawn <laughs> Budge episode. Uh, sadly our final ever Dawn Budge episode. Uh, Gina's back. Um, Julia's sick. Um, yeah, there's stuff going on in this episode, isn't there? Uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty going on, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one all around. Um, one, there's a, there's a lot that I, uh, kind of quite like about this episode, and then there's quite a bit I don't like about it as well. So that's probably, um, a, a fairly apt description of where I am with the show at the moment. There's, uh, some great ideas, some good scenes, and they're often ruined by something that's just absolute horseshit. Well, I'll be looking to see what you think is absolute horseshit. We're going to start off straight away, though, with uh, Rachel and Matt. Uh, they're in getting a consult by Sean. She's got some tenderness and some pain, basically, in her cheek. And uh, Sean thinks it's some sort of nerve ending that's uh, come together and he can fix it. Uh, Christian comes in and obviously is a little bit jealous because, you know, he asked last episode to fix her and she refused and he kind of mentions, oh, you prefer daddy number one over daddy number two. And then basically Christian quickly looks at the uh, x-ray, sees it's a tooth, walks out. It's not too often that Christian kind of sees it, not Sean. Uh, and then we see that the, basically she's got a tooth embedded in her cheek. And they automatically somehow assume that this is the bomber. Now, I know that she kind of mentioned last episode that she was close to the suicide bomber, but she also did mention seven other people died in this attack. So uh, I'm not sure why they automatically assume it's straight away the bomber. But it's still it's it's still a pretty, I guess, gruesome thought. And it's, you know, I think this is kind of based on fact. I think I have seen documentaries before about uh, sort of body parts being embedded in people after attacks like this not necessarily even suicide bombings but uh just other sort of things like this so um yeah it's pretty kind of gruesome to think that you could be walking around with uh body parts embedded in your skin yeah totally it's, um it, it's kind of weird i don't really get why we have this kind of scene where um sean gets it wrong and um and, and christian just kind of walks in and and, and corrects him and I, I don't really understand why we had that um yeah, it just seems like a, a bit of a weird thing to do. But anyway, um, we kind of move on. Um, yeah, and a lot of this episode is going to be um, around this kind of suicide bomber, and we're going to you know, obviously get these visions of him um, going forwards. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really creepy idea for sure. It's um, very odd, very strange. Um, terrorist attacks have, have not gone away they're still very much a thing but I think that we're in a kind of heightened sense of of this stuff at around about 2007 
maybe earlier is, is more the case. But yeah, I think that even at this time, it was still something that was quite big on people's minds. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's probably quite a relevant storyline for the time, I suppose you would say. Yeah, it's definitely, and I still think, as you kind of said, it's still, I think, sadly, something that's still relevant sort of 10 years later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be very creepy, and I think it's done very effectively, though. I kind of, um, you know, I think it's, through the other shows that we're covering, um, all of them sort of have, I guess, an element of terrorism to them. I mean, I know, particularly in Lost, where we're up to at least in recording, uh, you know, sort of the stuff with Saeed and kind of some of the stuff around his sort of backstories, got some, uh, uh, suicide bombers involved in there, and uh, we're not quite up to that bit in third watch yet, thank God, because that's not very good when we get to that. But, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, I think Nip Tuck actually kind of handles this very interestingly, the way they sort of portray, uh, you know, everything that, we, that Sean will see with sort of the visions of him. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting there. Um, we have the some hearts and scalpels. We haven't had this in a, a few episodes. And uh, another chance to sort of revisit a former storyline on Nip Tuck uh, with the toe being rebuilt, the clitoris. Uh, we remember that, obviously, what was that, Manu Mabika or whatever that was back in Season 2. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, again, I like kind of these sort of loose uh, little uh, connections to old episodes of this show, um, even though it's very much over the top. But uh, apparently Dawn is uh, sitting in a chair and she's yelling, cut. Uh, we found out that she's using a lot of her own money to pay for overheads and essentially to get a producer credit. Um, and as this all happens, uh, Freddie walks in. He's excited. They're going to be honoured with a gay pride parade float. Uh, <laughs> I love kind of Dawn's reaction of like, why would you want to be right in that parade? <laughs> um, and Dawn sort of shows some slight homophobic tendencies, calling them fruits and, uh, Aiden essentially stepping in. Don't call them, uh, fruits. You know, I love the gays. Um, and then, you know, Dawn obviously just being a bit skeptical and everything along those lines. Um, one thing I will say I kind of love about this storyline is that can we just also establish, for those of you who do not know, Rosie O'Donnell is an out and proud lesbian. So the fact that she's obviously, you know, kind of having these, uh, subtle digs at this sort of thing when she herself is obviously a very big advocate in the, uh, sort of the gay community out there. So, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. And obviously, ultimately, you know, Ryan Murphy, obviously an out and proud gay man as well. Kind of everything that we, you know, he handles these quite well and, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that it's taken us so long to revisit Dawn and Freddy in terms of their unique relationship when it was kind of alluded to a few weeks ago about Freddy being gay and ultimately what we're going to discover this week is that it's more than just a finger in the bum from the, uh, the arse bandit, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is kind of the, the, you know, we're starting to get a bit more into who Freddy is. Um, I'm not sure we really cared, but uh, there you go. Um, yeah, one of the things I think about here is what happened to kind of um, patient, patient doctor, um, you know, kind of, uh, privilege and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they're basically just using all their old cases, just, you know, trawling through their old cases to turn them into TV shows, which is, um, I guess what this whole show is based on, isn't it? Is that they're all real cases. But, um, I do wonder if Mabika or whatever her name is just sitting at home thinking, this is based on me. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. Um, yeah, I mean, I like all this stuff. It's, it's, um, it's pretty funny, I suppose. Um, yeah, and I think you kind of—I think with stuff like this, you kind of just have to play it for for the laughs, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a huge, huge amount to kind of add to this. I think it's, um, and you know, it, it's perfectly fine. I think all these guys are, are doing well in the in the roles. Um, 
yeah, I mean, that's that's probably all I have to say around this, really. I'm not sure I have too much that I can really bring to this discussion. I, I just kind of like it. It's just fun. It's kind of just gets back to some real fun scenes and just, you know, the overacting of, you know, like Aiden and, and Dawn, sort of, you know, Rosie O'Donnell and Bradley Cooper off against each other and, you know, with, with Freddie. I just kind of think it's fun. But, yeah, you're right, like sort of patient confidentiality. I guess as long as I don't mention real names, I mean, you know, Nip Taki's based on real patient cases so i guess kind of there's got to be some sort of element where you can sort of discuss it as i guess as long as you don't necessarily mention names but um yeah it's it's, i just love how kind of they set it all up it's just it's just fun um and then we get christian and julia having sex uh julia moaning yay um and julia gets a nosebleed and christian kind of loses it at her you know basically going off it we've seen all these specialists and um you know, nobody thinks you're sick, and uh, they kind of just have an argument. Uh, Julia calls him a bully, and um, Christian obviously talking about how he's he's frustrated because he's waited so long for this to happen, and uh, excuse me, begging for forgiveness. Um, and I might just lump this into the fact that uh, we talk about uh, Christian McNamara Troy never having a reception staff. Well, now they've got a new receptionist. Um, she's very well uh, equipped in areas, um, and Basically, Sean has hired her to distract Christian because Christian knows that essentially the boobs are like catnip, as he says. And, um, essentially, uh, Sean is just ultimately being a dick to tempt Christian into cheating, even though Sean's denying it and essentially saying that, uh, you know, he's going to sabotage a relationship himself. So it's kind of interesting. I kind of love childish Sean here. You know, it's kind of interesting this season we've gone from having, you know, Christian being childish to get the attention back on him when it comes to the fame, yet now now this time around it's kind of Sean doing the opposite and sort of doing it just because uh, Julia and Christian are together. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it is all kind of quite fun stuff here. I just want to um, just jump back quickly to... Um, the scene of, with Christian and, and Julia, because I think, how has Olivia not picked up on that there's something going on here at this point? You know, that these two seem to be spending a lot of time together, and, um, you know, she's still with Olivia, and Olivia doesn't, we haven't heard anything in the show to suggest that Olivia is um, concerned or worried or um, suspicious. So that's kind of a surprise to me. I don't really understand how that's the case. Um, yeah, and, and it, it, a classic case of kind of Jolly Richardson kind of not really delivering the line right when. You know, Christian did something about, oh, you know, whatever, whatever's going on, it's frankly, it's going to piss me off. And she's like, well, you've certainly pissed me off. Like, just the way she <laughs> acts at it, it's not great. Um, yep, so we've got this new receptionist. Uh, yeah, she's she's good fun. Um, I kind of don't expect it to go where it goes, which I probably should, but um, I don't. Um, but, yeah, it, it is all quite funny stuff. And, yeah, I, I do like Sean being, being childish. It is fun because it's not something you see all that often. Um, I do love how Christian has, like, this vision of himself, like, when, you know, his, his face between his <laughs> boobs and he kind of likes to, like, shake his head and be like, oh, uh, you know, like, that's quite funny. Yeah, no, it, it is it is very funny. We have the uh, surgery scene of uh, Rachel and kind of getting this thing removed, and this is where Sean starts to see the the visions of the suicide bomber, which, I mean, again, I don't know how you feel. I, I like it. I think it's kind of just, it's it's haunting. It's just kind of the way, you know, it's been told. And this actor uh, who's playing the guy, I think he, Dylan Ramsey, if I'm looking at the right person, um, does it very, very well and kind of, you know, ultimately sort of telling it from his perspective, you know, 
I, um, you know, saw her smiling at me, you know, and I just, you know, just went off at these people and basically, you know, prayed to Allah, blew myself up, the door to heaven opened and I was free. So, you know, no reference to the, what, a hundred virgins or whatever it was. It was just ultimately this, you know, they're obviously not trying to go overboard there and selling it, I think. But I, I just think it's kind of interesting because it's sort of rare to, I mean, I can't think of any real show that's sort of done this on the perspective of kind of like a suicide bomber's perspective after they've done it if you know what i mean so um yeah i think it's it's definitely very uh very interesting and very unique the way they do this yeah i mean um and, and interesting that we you know we've kind of talked about um the way that that nip tuck kind of views religion and it, you know it's um it's rare for a show to kind of go after um islam i guess that you know like it's not something that you kind of get all that often really um so yeah it is an, it is an interesting thing to do um i just again i'm just i'm not big on these kind of dream sequences or not dream sequences but you know these visions of somebody um while I, I i totally get what you're saying and i can understand how you would enjoy it i have to say i don't really enjoy it all that much and i don't know and i don't even really know why i just i, I just think there could have been maybe a, a more interesting way to kind of tell this. I get really put off by his teeth, I have to say, or his lack of teeth. Um, and, yeah, I, to me, I just find it a distracting way of kind of getting this information across. But um, I have to I have to admit that what you've just said there is also quite true, that it's a, it's an, it's a different way of kind of um, delivering that information. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I guess I'm kind of splitting the difference here, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, like the editing and the music, kind of everything with it is just kind of done uniquely. So, um, haunting, I think, is a word that I use. Interesting. I don't think I've ever used that word before in my life. Um, then we have, uh, Christian walking out. He's on the phone, kind of going off at Julia again. This is kind of where you were alluding to. Does Olivia not get suspicious? Well, ultimately, Christian's just snapping and saying, like, I'll let Olivia apply the goddamn chamomile lotion or whatever it is hangs up and basically says to this receptionist, yeah, bring my messages into my office. And the next scene we see is then having sex and uh, yes. reading the messages to which Christian ultimately then calls her stupid and fires her. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how did like Christian think this was going to go? If, you know, like he ultimately said before, I can't fire her because we had a moment. And like, he doesn't think that this is going to like bite him in the ass because he's just like boned her and then fired her. Uh, yeah, it's uh, well, it's, it's classic Christian, isn't it? Really, um, yeah, it's, it, it is really funny, and I do like how it kind of ends. He's like, she's like calls her Julie instead of Julia, and you know, he's just like, you can't even get a name right, you know? Like, yeah, I do think it's quite funny. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just it, it's classic Christian. It's nice to see it. I guess um, we've spent a lot of time with Christian, kind of, um, you know, he's he obviously been with with Julia for the majority of this season. Um, and then you know, before that, it was kind of Michelle. So it's been a while since we've seen Christian kind of just doing dodgy things in, in, in the doctor's office. You know, it's um, an aspect of the show that we had kind of um, gotten away from a little bit. And I'm not against Christian having some more substantial storyline, so that was okay. Um, but it is kind of fun to see him back. Um, yeah. Who was the last person he had sex with besides um, Julia and the the Gigolo days? I can't even remember. It would have to be Michelle. Like, was there any one random one night? As I can't remember. Uh, there was probably somebody in the first episode. I just I've already forgotten to be honest. Yeah, I I'm assuming. Oh, Carly Summers, of course. Duh. Um, yes, yes. Besides her, um, yeah, I think that's kind of it. Um, yeah, th- there might be someone else that we're glaring over here, perhaps. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, so Sean's having a consult with these two people out and about to bring them back into his office. And then, uh, back comes Rachel. She's screaming at Sean, need your help. They're still in, this guy's still inside of me. She did some sort of scan and essentially, um, found that there's more parts of him inside. I don't know how she hasn't realized this before, but okay. Um, and then Christian comes in to, to help and essentially, um, Sean says it should be treated as medical waste. Christian says, well, this is a person and, uh, Sean's getting a few more flashbacks and ultimately we're going to get this put in a box and sent back to his mother, uh, back in Palestine, I think it is. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then we see, uh, the, um, the receptionist is back. And Sean's essentially saying, oh, they said you had a sexual liaison. So, you know, rather than dealing with a lawsuit, I rehired her. And then before they kind of get into a bit of a fight, he's saying about a mediator, uh, they're told that Dawn is uh, in their office, uh, which I might do that scene separately. Yeah, I think it's quite... It's, I, I like the surgery scene. I like we kind of get that kind of um, 3D imaging scan or whatever so that they can kind of see where all these things are they're going to pull out, which is quite interesting. Um, as someone who had a very, very minor surgery um, recently where I just had a, a very small cyst removed, um, and, you know, that, that was a little bit painful, um, but that was kind of one small cut with a couple of stitches. Like, this kind of indicates that this, this woman's going to have, like what dozens of these kind of like reasonably sized cuts into her skin to pull these things out um i kind of think in in real life this would probably be a number of surgeries they probably couldn't do this all as one and it, it's kind of indicated that they're kind of doing this all in one hit which i think is probably not quite right um you probably wouldn't put somebody through all that in one surgery but um that's probably just a, a, a minor technicality i suppose um yeah and then we, yeah we kind of get the stuff that they're you know they're, they're back with the <laughs> With the um, the receptionist and she's back, they haven't gotten rid of her. Um, yes, and so she, um, Christian kind of says you'll need to find a, a suitable replacement, and we we know where that's going to go very shortly. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, I love this scene though with uh, Dawn in there. She's once again something's happened to her. Just the bad luck happens to her again. She's got like this massive um, mark on her face, and essentially we get you know another classic Dawn Budge flashback at the Gay Pride Parade. Uh, we get the great song of Destination Unknown playing, um, and just everybody going crazy. Uh, I bet you Ryan Murphy's been begging to do a scene like this for a long time. I know he kind of wasn't involved in writing this scene, but surely there's got to be some sort of input. Um, yeah. It's kind it of... looks like the, the gay pride parade of all time. There's, there's like, there's like hardly anybody there. Like this was obviously shot on like a back lot somewhere in LA and it looks so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I kind of love Dawn's reactions to kind of seeing everything that's happening. And then Freddie and, uh, Aiden are getting a little bit crazy on the float. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. To which, uh, you know, Dawn obviously reacts. She's kind of near the protesters. And this basically leads her to jumping the fence, trying to go after Freddie, uh, a, um, a lesbian, I want to, I'll say a dyke and a bike essentially gets a little bit too fast for a liking, gets angry, revs a bike and slaps the wheel accidentally into Dawn. Dawn's face, and just Dawn's reaction, the way, what did she say, like, I'm going to take a house, a purse, a Katie Lang CDs, um, and it just, yeah, it's just, I just love it, I just love it when we kind of get these scenes with Dawn, I just think they're hilarious, and just always, you know, bad stuff just always happens to her, and it's, I, I'm going to say it, it's a shame that we don't get her anymore after this, I know kind of it's probably going to get a bit repetitive after a while, but one or two appearances a season isn't going to hurt, and it's kind of sad that this will be her last episode. 
Yeah, and it is. I think it's kind of a nice little send off that you kind of get at, at the end of the episode. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think this is again we talked about it in the last episode that um, we get these flashbacks of of how it happened, and you know they're very similarly shot, which I think is quite cool that we get that that kind of consistency. Um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it, I quite like this whole this whole setup. I mean, for me, I, I prefer the next scene, which is you know the one um, kind of post surgery with her is, is more fun. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is this is uh, well, fun's probably not the right word, but the more interesting because this is this is a lot of fun, um, and it's all very kind of silly shot and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. We then uh, get Julia and Christian eating sushi because um, apparently that's what's going to make her better from her sickness. Christian uh, Sean comes home has a weird vision of him in a suicide vest uh, before ultimately saying that he's, he's going to move out, which. If I'm not mistaken, this doesn't go anywhere. I'm just going to kind of spoiler it, sort of. I think, I don't think he does move out. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's kind of weird though with the suicide. I guess I get what they're doing kind of with the connection and kind of all the, the things that the suicide bomber has been saying to him about, you know, feeling and releasing everything. But, uh, it's also a bit strange, uh, you know, Sean about to pull a trigger and go Al Akbar. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a bit weird. Um, and, but I guess like my complaint in the last episode was that you know the patient in that episode had nothing to do with the with the story going on with the doctors, and they've kind of um, corrected that this time. It might be a bit clumsy, but at least they're kind of trying. So um, at, at this point with season five, I, I think they do get at least a few bonus points for for at least trying, <laughs> which is a bit sad. That's where we are, but you know I think we do have to kind of give it to them occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get uh, a scene uh, of Freddie just being incredibly excited on the phone about uh, somebody dressed as Sher to his mum, uh, and then uh, Liz kind of confronts him, you know, look into my eyes and tell me that you're not gay, uh, to which Freddie's kind of like, you only take out menus. Um, and then it also yes. leads to a consultation scene where Sean hands over the remains of the suicide bomber to Rachel and Matt, um, and ultimately I'm going to be thrilled because I use it as my opening line. There's reference to Natalie Portman, so I'm ultimately going to be incredibly excited <laughs> about that. Uh, although I do, I do kind of love the fact that he, you know, Sean's done all the research. He's found out, you know, who the suicide bomber was. Here's the address for the mother, which essentially turns out to be like 314 Jerusalem Road, Palestine. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's like on Finding Nemo, you know, Wallaby Way, Sydney. Like, you know, it's kind of just come up with something a little bit there. Um, but yeah, and kind of ultimately Rachel sort of talking about, you know, the forgiving part's really hard, but I'm trying. So again, this is the connection as you was kind of alluding to before, kind of to a patient, I guess, that we didn't have last episode. They're kind of doing that again this time around, but ultimately using, I guess, suicide bombing and trying to get Sean to relate to that in some aspect. Um, yeah, I guess so. And I, yeah, I do like that we kind of, um, we are kind of going forward and, 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 trying to connect this up a little bit so yeah I, I do really appreciate that um yeah i mean it all just feels a little bit kind of hokey to me I, I just haven't really got past the um that stuff all too much it's 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 not something i am hugely into as a suicide bomber stuff but um yeah like i like i just said i think I, I give them some some points for trying um i do like that they kind of connect this up um i like the idea of kind of you know, that hopefully this is going to give her forgiveness and, and she can kind of move on. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I do kind of, while I do like the stuff, I just, it just all feels a bit kind of clunky and, and I'm not enjoying the kind of dialogue between them, which is uh, a problem for me. Is uh, you know, I, I, 
when when the show's good, um, I can see past some of the the kind of storylines I don't love all that much because the dialogue's good and and it, it's not great here. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is, I suppose. Uh, then we kind of get to another Dawn scene. I actually, yeah, this might be the one you're talking about. I really like this Dawn scene. It's kind of, it, it's funny, but it's also sweet and actually kind of moving. Just, um, you know, ultimately this is Dawn wanting to sue this woman. She's discovering what a hate crime is. I don't know how she didn't know what a hate crime was before, but apparently she doesn't. Um, and then, uh, Liz brings in the actual, uh, the woman who was involved in the accident and kind of, she explains that it was an accident. She said that a bike was faulty and that, you know, she sues her. It's going to punish her daughter who's going to Yale. Um, and then, you know, Freddie's essentially saying like, oh, you know, maybe you're angry at someone else, you know, you're subconscious. And I just kind of like the way they play off each other. Like, why would I be angry at you? Um, and then, you know, yeah, Dawn essentially knows. She's like, look, I've been dreading this day since the day I fell in love with you. Um, and then kind of Freddie, this nice little moment where he kind of realizes that he's gay and kind of, you know, felt so open at this gay pride parade and everything along those lines. And just this nice scene between the two of them coming to realize, you know, that this ultimately isn't going to be a relationship. Dawn's, uh, always been in love with gay people because, you know, they're her people essentially. And, you know, it's, she's used to it. Um, and yeah, it ultimately leads to just randomly her slapping him, um, which is, I always forget that bit happens. Um, I just think it just, it's just funny because it's just, it goes from funny to like actually really sweet and moving to just slap. Um, so it's just, yeah, this is a fun scene. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say this will make our top five, but I mean, you know, if we were doing like a top 20 scenes, maybe top 10 even, I don't know. I just, I think this is just a, a, a very interesting scene with a variety of emotions that kind of really sticks with me after this episode. Well, I think it's a nice one. I, mean, I know it's not her last scene, but it's kind of the, the most substantial scene that, that Rosie O'Donnell has in this episode. And, and, um, you could maybe, maybe, even question is, is this maybe her best scene? Um, you know, I think the stuff with Liz in, in last season probably could be up there. I don't know, but, um, you know, I think she's maybe saved her best for last. Um, it is, it is very touching. It's well delivered. Um, yeah, I think this is the kind of stuff that, that you expect in a Ryan Murphy show and, and you hope that it, that it will be done well. Um, and, and he does really deliver this stuff really, really well. So, yep, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. it it's good stuff. Uh, then we get Gina's back. Yay! Hey, asshole! We get a line. We haven't had that in a while, uh, in the elevator. And essentially, Gina is going to be the, uh, receptionist. And I kind of love Christian confronting Sean about this. And Sean, you know, ultimately saying, like, well, you want a receptionist that you're not going to screw. Uh, you know, she's just moved out here and everything. And Gina's saying that she's got a California, uh, real estate license. And I love the way Christian's just like an absolute dick. And it's just like, oh, you want to do something? There's a car dealing agent place around. Take my Lamborghini around there. And she's just like, okay. And she just leaves. <laughs> So, yeah, and ultimately they're talking about free childcare. What was it last season? You know, trying to get her from not kidnapping Wilbur and the charges are being pressed and now all of a sudden there's this. Um, and this ultimately then leads to, uh, punch up, uh, between Christian and Sean, which, uh, it's, it's, I don't know if it's meant to be fun or serious. It's kind of a bit around the middle, really, isn't it? Um, and it ultimately leads to, uh, random nurses running in. Here's all the reception staff and nurses somewhere. Uh, and Liz comes in with a fire hydrant and basically, uh, doses them with, uh, fire coolant stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's an interesting sort of scene here, but great to have Gina back. And we, you know, we talked about it last season. Is she kind of, you know, a bit repetitive or what can you do with her? But I, look, as much as we will talk next week about her final appearance, uh, um, yeah, I, I kind of like the way they bring her back here. 
Yeah, I think so. And I, it is what you talked about a little bit at the start of the episode, that even though we're kind of, you know, um, honing in on the halfway point um, of, of season five, so we've still got a season and a half to go, it does almost feel like we are starting to set up the, the kind of final lap and the, the farewells. And, you know, so we're starting to close out storylines and, um, you know, bringing people back for, for, you know, a couple of episodes. And um, so, yeah, obviously we've got Rosie O'Donnell's kind of closing out here. We're going to close out the Gina stuff um, over the next couple of episodes. So, yeah, I think it is interesting to kind of bring her back. And it does feel like it's not really hugely substantial in terms of the length of time she's on the show. But, yeah, it feels like we are um, we're kind of closing out some of these these um, storylines and and these characters that we've come to enjoy over a number of seasons. So yeah, it, it, it kind of makes sense to me. But um, yeah, this this fight scene, you're right. It is kind of it borders on the you know between the ridiculous and the serious. And um, I, I'm not sure how to take it. Um, I, I, I do enjoy it. Um, it does feel like if this was actually happening, that these guys would have you know they would have actually seriously hurt each other. Um, and, you know, it almost feels like, you know, if, if you heard about this and these two doctors were kind of pushing each other around the the operating room and things like that, that there might be some higher investigations going on here. I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's um, it's an interesting one that I don't know what to think about it, but I still enjoy it. I think the thing to note, too, with Christian and Sean is that kind of moving forward as we kind of really get to this last season and a half and you're saying, like, you know, ultimately things are kind of the farewells and the last lap and things like that, is that really moving forward, there's actually going to be a lot more of these two at each other's throats than you kind of, I think, realise. And it's kind of interesting moving to season six, just how much of season six will be sort of with these two against each other. I mean, it's ultimately going to lead them going to actually going to therapy. So um, it's kind of interesting and, you know, there's so much to dislike about season six and kind of how this works. Maybe a lot of it has got to do with that, but uh, also the fact that season six is relatively boring. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of, you know... This, as you said, like, you know, it's, it's half played for fun, half played for serious. It's, it's kind of interesting, but I don't think they come to blows anymore after this. I might be mistaken. Um, I, I make a few mistakes here and there with this sort of stuff, but, uh, anyway, um, Dawn is there with, uh, she gives a motorbike essentially to the woman who ran her over and a $30,000 check for her daughter for Yale and a nice little scene between her and Liz. Cause I guess you kind of, you know, you've got to remember that, yeah. The kidney from Dawn is in Liz, and uh, you know it's yes. a nice little scene as uh, she's getting wheeled away and she's wanting to start up a um, what like a support group for gay and lesbians who have donated uh, kidneys and things like that, or who have kidneys or something along those lines. So it's a nice little scene to kind of close it off. And uh, I mean, I don't want to say eulogise uh, Dawn. I mean, she's not dead. We're just never going to see her again. But uh, I'll just say one of the, you know, the funnest characters, I think, these sort of, you know, characters that we get uh, for multiple arcs in Nip Tuck. Uh, I think she sort of became the new Mrs. Grubman in many aspects, uh, but without sort of the elements of Mrs. Grubman. But I, I like how they kind of have a regular ongoing patient. Um, we sort of will see Jennifer Coolidge kind of replace Dawn Budge as kind of that next one in the coming weeks, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I will miss her. I think, I think she maybe could have come back for at least one more appearance season six, but sadly we won't see her. Well, I think what's good about her is that she is, um, you know, she's, although she's annoying and pushy and she's actually got a heart of gold. And, um, that's a little bit of what Mrs. Grubman was good at too. Um, 
yeah, so I, I actually think she's, dare I say it, I think she's an improvement on, on Mrs. Grubb, and I think I like Dawn more. Um, I, I just feel she's got more kind of heart behind her. Um, she's more relatable. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, deep down, even though she's got all this money, she, you know, she came kind of came from nothing, and she was a bit of a trailer park trash. And, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, a lot of viewers, not that I'm saying our viewers are trailer park trash, but, you know, that our viewers are not people that were, were born into money. And so this is somebody that you can probably relate to on a lower level. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really like her. Um, I'm I'm sorry to see that character go because I think it's somebody that could pop in and out of the show for the next season and a half and, and you'd still always be pleased to see Dawn. So I think it's a shame that we, we see her gone. It'd be interesting to know what the story behind that is if that was a decision that the producers made or if Rosie O'Donnell just said, oh, that's enough for me or, or whatever because it looks like she's really enjoying this. Um, yeah, so it, it would be um, fun to kind of dig behind and, and see what caused her to kind of tap out at this point or whether she was forced out. Because from everything I saw and read about her involvement on the show, she enjoyed it and it was actually quite popular. And this is kind of coming from someone who isn't generally that popular amongst a large portion of the fan community of anything really out there. She's not really that well, I think, appreciated Rosie O'Donnell by the majority of people out there. But, um, yeah, I remember I think I mentioned famously on her first appearance, She, I think that was when Rosie was uh, on The View, I think. I don't think she had a talk show anymore, but I remember... Um, uh, Julie McMahon appeared on the show and apparently brought the rug that they had sex on uh, in that episode and gave it to Rosie O'Donnell as kind of like a memento. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sad. I mean, it would be very interesting to see why she ultimately didn't come back. And it's interesting mentioning Mrs. Grubbin so much here. Can we just point out last episode, we didn't even mention the Mrs. Grubbin reference that we got with the Grub, the head of Grubman fund with the carolers. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I think was kind of maybe a, a bad overlook by us. I think that was kind of a nice little callback to that uh, ultimate fund that was set up after Mrs. Grubman sadly died. Um, so we then get um, this sort of consult between Rachel, Matt, and Sean. Uh, we see Sean's face is a bit bruised. I didn't really see many punches being thrown. Oh, actually, Christian did hit him a few times, didn't he? Um, and then ultimately, um, Matt is asked to leave the room and Rachel's wanting this surgery. Now she kind of puts it down to the excuse of now that the bomb is out of her, she feels a bit freer and kind of wants to see what's going to happen. Um, and then it's kind of, it's alluded to that there might be a bit of a connection between her and Matt. Um, and then, you know, she kind of said it's just a very good friendship. Um, and she says like, Oh, your son's pretty amazing, but he's not the only one out there. Uh, which is kind of funny. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of going to set things up really for what we'll get uh, ultimately next week. But, um, you know, she's essentially going to go through and uh, have surgery. Yes, yeah. So that's uh, a, a bit of a turnaround for this character. Um, I'm not a fan of, of this. I, it's it, To me, I think it's just a real betrayal, even though it's only episode two of this, of having seen this character. Um, I think we, you know, we already have some expectations of who she is and um, this kind of ruins it. It's, yeah, she, she is somebody who's kind of come to terms with how she looks and um, I, I just don't buy the motivation. It's not something that, that I really um, can get behind, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's kind of a bit of a come around, but um, that is how it is. Um, and, yeah, we kind of get this closing scene of Christian and Sean reliving back, moving into the dorm of getting a desk jumped on uh, Sean's foot, essentially. Um, but I kind of like this closing bit where sort of Sean says, like, you're a betraying son of a bitch, but you're still my brother. Um, and kind of, you know, talking about Christian being his brother after his dad sort of left and everything along those lines. So... 
Um, yeah, he kind of asked an extra set of hands to get some surgery here. And Rachel, we close off with, uh, yeah, some Middle Eastern music. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nice that, you know, Sean's kind of accepting that this guy is an asshole because I think going forwards, um, you know, Christian's big kind of storyline that he's got left to come in the next um, season and a half. If you're going to get behind Christian as a character and still like him, I think you have to accept that he's an asshole and just and just deal with that. Um, and I think this is perfectly what Sean's doing here. He's just accepting that this guy is an asshole um, and, you know, he's just accepted that's who he is and he's going to move on with that knowledge. And I think that's what we all as viewers are going to have to do um, as kind of Christian storyline goes forwards over the next season and a half. Yeah, uh, definitely, because he's still going to get up to a few things here and there to really kind of live up to that, uh, you know, that character of his. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, what are we doing with this one, Nick? Are we by, excuse me, renting or binning? <laughs> um, well, I think when I kind of hit stop at the end of this episode, um, it was a bin for me because I just, uh, like I said a couple of episodes ago, um, I just didn't enjoy it. I, I was I was bored um, and and yeah this is kind of where i felt with this episode it was just boring to me um i didn't really find much of interest there but in talking through it with you there is actually more there to enjoy um not a whole lot more so it's going to be a rent um but there is some stuff there that is interesting um i think especially given that it's dawn's last episode i think it is one that you might want to you know chuck on 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 your rotation because you know you want to see as much dawn as you possibly can and if this is the last of it you don't want to miss that so um, other than that, there's not a huge amount of stuff I love about this episode. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's a rent for me. Um, I was gonna buy it, but uh, it's kind of interesting. I feel that uh, I'm sort of going to be talked down to a rent as well. I mean, again, it's a high rent. I I I do like this episode. I think the dawn stuff's fun. I kind of think there's a lot of you know interesting stuff about this episode, but. Um, Again, maybe it is a case of one of these ones that kind of, after it sits and kind of digests for a little bit, that I don't necessarily think of it as highly as I as I first did. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to swap it around for a rent. Uh, I'm going to still put it sort of as a as a high rent, though. I've got it uh, at 44th, uh, which is the second highest rent here that I'm looking at my list. Uh, just below Manyamabika, funnily enough, the one that we've already mentioned in this episode. So, um, yeah, it's two weeks in a row that I've kind of uh, been brought down from a buy down to a, a rent it. So, uh, there you go. Interesting how things can uh, ultimately change. Next week, uh, we will be back, though, for Magda and Jeff. Um, we get a bit of Eden and Aiden together. There's more Gina. Um, and we meet... Colleen. Hmm. We meet Colleen. <laughs> yeah, and I think we, um, uh, we're starting to drive towards that, um, that, you know, first half of the season finale, really. You know, we're starting to, you know, the first building blocks of that are really going to start forming now. Um, so yeah, I think that we, we kind of, you know, we're coming up on episode 10. Um, that will take us through to episode 14, I suppose, is, is the, um, the mid-season finale for this show this time around. So, um, we don't actually have that much time before we get there. So, um, this character of Colleen is obviously going to be a big one that's going to drive us, drive the action forwards, I suppose. Um, obviously, yeah, some other really big stuff that kind of happens in this next episode, um, which I, I would suggest you probably don't expect 
to see coming. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think most people are really expecting it. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one because I'll, I think I'll, yeah, the Gina kind of stuff is right at the end of the episode is interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm very, I actually like the character of Colleen. I don't necessarily like how it turns, uh, I don't know. I, I always feel higgledy piggity on my opinions on exactly what I feel about it. But I mean, I think she's an important enough character, as you said. And Sharon Gleiss, uh, does, does a great job. She's, she, as we mentioned, I think earlier, she was nominated for a guest Emmy, um, uh, appearance for this, uh, alongside Oliver Pratt, kind of as the only two this season that really were. So, um, she's, she's definitely a, a very, uh, memorable character. I think she's definitely going to have some moments which will be, uh, talked about in potentially being in the top five. Cause I think kind of she's also ultimately, to me, like her and Eden are kind of the two sort of, uh, antagonists of this season. Uh, but I, in many aspects, think that Eden's kind of just fades out, whereas Colleen's is kind of here and gone. But I feel like hers, in many aspects, can be more memorable than a lot of Eden stuff. So, yeah, I think that when you're kind of lumping these seasons as individual uh, entities, when I think season five, I ultimately think of Colleen. So, um, yeah, I think that she's going to bring some interesting discussions over the coming weeks. Yeah, I totally think so. Um, yeah, the, the kind of the driving force as we kind of, as I say, head towards that mid-season finale. So, um it's nice to be introducing her and, and kind of getting into that because um, there's been some fun stuff, there's been some shit stuff, but um, I think it's time to to start moving this this season forwards and, and make sure some of these stories are actually um, taking us somewhere. Very much so. In the meantime, if you enjoy this show and you want to uh, get more onto it, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Titter, that's the new one. Uh, Twitter also, uh, <laughs> outside of the adult version. You can, of course, uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, I was ultimately just looking at what I was looking at before we started recording, clearly. Um, and, yes, leave us some feedback. We would appreciate hearing what you uh, wish to say along the way, because that's okay, and that's what I say. My name is Ben, and Nick, look into my eyes and tell me you're not gay. <laughs> and uh, my name's Nick, and uh, we need a snack, a yummy snack. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.